The NFL season is just around the corner, and if you need to cram for your upcoming fantasy draft, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, where you'll find in-depth analysis plus some charming bits from Danny Heifetz, Craig Horlbeck, and me, Danny Kelly. Also, check out our fantasy rankings and sleepers at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud Anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, it is Monday, August 1st. Happy August. I am back from a week off. Those episodes this last week were pre-recorded. I think they went okay. I was so eager to get out of town for a week that there were a couple little errors in there. Craig, let me guess. You heard from people on the internet that I made some errors last week. Twitter always has thoughts, Matt, and opinions, and I heard them. Uh, Matthew Reese, the actor, is not Irish. He's actually Welsh, which I knew and for some reason, I said Irish, and I did not mean to get into any historical geopolitical skirmishes there, but uh, apologies to Matthew Reese, who, as I said, is a very nice guy. I also screwed up Ezra Miller's pronouns, which uh, I actually knew as well, and I should have known that Ezra Miller is a they, not a he. So apologies to Ezra Miller. Uh, I'm, I got a bunch of tweets about that one. It's good that we're held accountable. Yes, but one of the things I also missed last week was the Will Smith apology video, which came out on Friday morning, lit the internet up for a little bit, and we have thoughts about that. Did it work? Did it not work? What's the business implication? Why did he do it when he did it? And he's got this movie, Emancipation, that is about to come out or maybe not come out. We will get into all of that and how the Will Smith apology played. So we brought on Juliet Littman, who is head of production at The Ringer and hosts a podcast on all things celebrity. She's a great, smart expert on the world of culture and celebrity. And we have our normal Monday morning guy, Lucas Shaw, with us as well. He's going to get into the business aspect of all of this and what is next for Will Smith and Apple and this movie. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Lucas Shaw, our normal Monday morning quarterback from Bloomberg. And we've got a special guest today, Juliet Littman. Uh, Juliet, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I kind of bulldozed my way on, but I really appreciate it. Delighted to be here. We love it because this is one of those stories that kind of transcends the business and spills into the general culture celebrity world. Um the Will Smith saga, as people know, took a turn this past week where he released a five-minute, 44-second video 
in which he apologized yet again for his behavior at the Oscars and slapping Chris Rock. And he said, I've been doing a lot of thinking and personal work, which he did not elaborate on or tell us what specifically he has been doing. He also said he has reached out to Chris Rock and, quote, I'm here whenever you're ready to talk, uh, which to me was a bit odd because it kind of brought Chris Rock into his own personal healing where I think Chris Rock has so far resisted being any part of that image rehab effort. And he essentially said that he wanted to move on and you will be able to like me again. And this is a temporary blip and we will all be friends again down the road. So I want to get into it. Let's start with Juliet here. How do you think, how do you think this played? I was hopeful at first. I was like, oh, this is good. Will Smith has a video that he's trying to trying to move forward on this. And then I found the tone so strange. And um, the way that he was reading the questions, it was like he hadn't seen them before. When he clearly had. I mean, yeah, it was meant course. to look like it was some, you know, questions submitted from the internet or <laughs> Reddit you know, AMA. impromptu. But you know there were 15 publicists that wrote these questions and rehearsed every single answer he was given. I thought, you know, a fundamental problem for a Will Smith apology is that they they have a vehicle for this already, which is Red Table Talk. And so to not go to the Red Table or even like do the couch sit down with Jada the way that he has in the past indicates that there's still something really afoot here because they can't just go back to how they would have tackled this in the past, essentially. And so I was very um, acutely aware of sort of the sitcom set where I felt like they were trying to put Will Smith into like a something that was kind of akin to what we've seen with him and Jada on, on the couch when they did their big red table talk, which was not at the table, but like they're trying to put him in um, a surrounding that like was kind of familiar with what we know about Will Smith. And it just, it just ultimately felt like such a calculated move and it lacked like the, um, you know, this is a tough buzzword to use so soon to this podcast, but it lacked the authenticity that I think people really just respond to. And so it was upsetting. Is there a version of that that ever feels authentic? Like the second you see that Will Smith three or four months later is posting a video that he has filmed, you know it's all about damage control. I, I guess I, I struggle to see one where, where anybody buys what he's saying as, as sincere. Well, there there is a way to do this kind of thing. And maybe he's not getting the right advice. Maybe he is and he's rejecting it. But we haven't seen from him any kind of sacrifice or specifics about work he's doing on himself or something that doesn't just make it about him and, you know, the the his journey coming back. Like where what kind of treatment is he getting? It, has he made a donation to a, an anti-violence charity? Is he doing anything substantive here to actually show that he's sorry other than just apologizing over and over? I don't need him to to do any of those things. Like, I don't need him to go to like rehab for hating someone. But I think to answer Lucas's question, I think the best thing he could have done was like go on Howard Stern or go right. or on... Oprah. Oh, no, I think Oprah's no, out. No, you got to open yourself up to someone who can challenge you. Oprah is known for softballs, and I, th I that makes uh, sense. I don't to think me. Oprah would have softballed this one. I, I don't think. Does CBS want to get this airspace in the same way they did for Meghan and Harry? Like, I don't know. I just think the Oprah one's a lot more complicated based on her role as a celebrity. I think he has to go on an interview show where someone's going to give you a hard time, and he has to just like be okay with it and speak off the cuff. 
a comedian, maybe, preferably because he did so much damage to that community. All those other comedians are, yeah, know, uh, feel like what he did on that stage has led to them encounter more heckling in their own profession. And yeah, like what about Charlemagne? What about going on, you know, um, or like, on the Breakfast Club or something like that? Like, I just think he going somewhere where he can't control every question and he can't control the outcome would be the most genuine thing he could do. Would 60 minutes take him? Yes. You think so? Yes, I do. Just sit him down with Leslie Stahl and have at him. <laughs> Anderson Cooper. <laughs> Anderson, yeah, not bad. Uh, all right, here's my hottest take on what I think he could do. And this came to me from a Academy Insider that was is typically very smart. So it's not my idea. What if he gave his Oscar back? Said, I'm not ready for this, clearly. This is something that I disrespected in the moment. And I disrespected the work of all of my peers. And it is a sacrifice that I'm making. I've worked my entire career to get this. And I don't deserve it right now. And I'm working hard to become the person that does. What are you looking for from him? Because I think that's like, that's kind of my ultimate question. I'm just like, what does that accomplish? Other than like, that serves the Academy more than anything else. It makes it seem yeah, like I mean, the Academy You give it back to important. the Academy. They put it in the museum and it instantly becomes the most photographed thing in the Academy Museum. I get it. It'd be a big thing. It'd be a big gesture. I want some kind of contrition. I want him to make a sacrifice here and show that he, he may be uh, learning at some point that he did actually do something wrong. And, you know, he could he could do this. And the, the whole problem is we don't believe him when we see these apologies. We saw what he did in the immediate aftermath of the incident. He stayed in the room despite people saying he should probably leave. He got up on stage, did not apologize, and was completely unrepentant. He then went to the Vanity Fair party. He then, his kid tweeted, that's how we roll. And he still hasn't addressed that. I mean, the whole problem with this is that he set a horrible example. Every kid that watched that Oscars telegraph, uh, that, that telecast, got a message from Will Smith, you know, Hollywood movie star and general good guy, that it's cool to just go up and take a swing at someone. This would be a gesture that shows that he's actually being punished a little bit in his own world and taking a hit and doing something that shows that, you know, he is willing to make a sacrifice. I just think that there's a lot of bad behavior in the Academy. This was on TV. So I understand it's, you can't just like brush it under the rug. We saw Will Smith hit Chris Rock, but like, you know, there's just people in the Academy that are continually lauded or put up front that definitely have done worse things, whether we know it or not. And so the reason I don't think giving his Oscar back would be like just sufficient unto itself is that I don't think the Academy like really deserves that. Like, I don't think the problem here is like how he's just hurt the Oscars. Like if you are mad at him over the message he has sent to kids who are watching, then, you know, I think giving the Oscar back in, in like in tandem with a, with a whole other so strategy that involves like showing genuine contrition, allowing himself to be vulnerable by like allowing someone to interview him in a legitimate way. I think all those things have to come together. I just, I just think that what he did is bad, but I'm positive we could rattle off a list of things that are as bad, if not worse, from people who are still, you know, embraced by Hollywood. That That is absolutely true. But there has to be a line. And it's easy in my mind for the line to be when you do it in our house, on our stage, in front of our viewers, and you damage the number one asset 
perhaps the only asset that the Academy actually has, that is over the line. And if you talk to Academy members, they want this guy punished. That's why he got the 10-year suspension that he did. Mm -hmm. Because it was not a Roman Polanski situation or even Mel Gibson or one of those where you're dealing with someone who has awful personal behavior. This was a representation of the Oscars. And they all acted horribly as well. The Academy has nothing to be proud of here. The fact that they let him sit there for 30 minutes before even addressing it via the hosts. I mean, that was just an inexcusable failure of leadership. But they, you know, they at least now, by him giving them their Oscar, it could be a show of, you know, some kind of a willingness to sacrifice and move forward. I think Juliet made the key point, which is that a lot of your prescriptions are really geared around the academy and like ma making sure that they feel that they have extracted the adequate contrition, where I don't really give a shit about how the academy feels about this. I think it's bad. It's bad that he he did what he did, and it set certainly a bad example for a lot of the viewers. And the best way that he can kind of process that and show that he's changed is to work on himself. I'm more than happy if he does that privately. I do not need like the receipts of his trips to the therapist. But do you believe him? What will cause you to believe him? This video did not cause me to believe him. Yeah, I think to to what we discussed earlier, having him do an interview with someone who is is impartial or even mildly antagonistic would be beneficial. Um, and it's going to take time. It's the same reason why, like, there's this debate over what should Apple do with this next movie of his, Emancipation. Apple should just release it this year. Like, he's going to have to deal with these questions. Waiting six months is not going to make it any different when he has to do a press tour around a movie. And oh, by the way, he may choose not to do a big press tour because that's not going to be in his self-interest right now. Right. And that gets to the timing of this. You know, it's been four months since the incident. He has apologized in the past. He did this video and dropped it right around the time when Apple has to decide whether this movie is going to get a full awards push. And the movie we're talking about is Emancipation, where he plays an escaped slave and it's directed by Antoine Fuqua. The buzz on it is extremely good. A disclosure here, my wife is a talent manager and represents an actress who's in the film. So take that for what it is. But uh, the buzz around town is that this performance by Will Smith is excellent and it will be an Oscar contender or it would have been until that incident. Apple has not said whether they are going to release it this year, but this is August is the time when you have to hire awards consultants. You have to plan a fall festival where it will likely debut. You have to, you know, get the press plan in order. And I think they are kind of feeling this out as to whether they should release it. Lucas, you think they should. What do you think, uh, Juliet? I think they should too. And I also think they should go ahead with, a, with an awards push. Like, I kind of think it's a good message to support the film and to also indicate how much a film is not just one person by putting a push around the other people who are in it and Anton and Anton Fuqua. Like I understand they probably wouldn't win. Maybe that'd be a waste of money, but I think it, I think it actually sucks even more for other people that continue to be hurt by Will Smith's behavior. And so if they don't release it, everyone else who worked on the movie, which is hundreds of people, uh, they, they lose out. So I think they should just release it. And I actually think there's like an interesting story there and actually ha forcing Will Smith to do press to support a movie that he can't win an Oscar for and like we'll put him oh, in he a can. uncomfortable situation. He can still oh, he win. He just can't attend. He, he just, just can't, can't attend. attend. <laughs> yeah, it was the most toothless punishment ever.
Yeah, and yeah. I don't and I don't think that people would vote for him to be honest about you know the people that I talked to in the academy. Maybe the work will be so extraordinary and they will all say, "You know what? It's time." I don't think people will vote for him, but it doesn't mean they won't vote for other people in the movie or Antoine Fuqua or any of the other things associated with it. So perhaps it does make sense to get it out there. I, I I just wonder if enough time has passed. I think the consensus after the incident was just go away for a while, just disappear. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, there were reports as to you know did he, did he go to Dubai where he went after after the actual incident? We don't know, but I just don't think it's been long enough where he's his reappearance feels like a reappearance. It just feels like he's been prolonging this apology tour for most of the spring and summer. Long enough for whom though? I mean, there's the Academy and I don't, I'm not going to try to pretend to to guess how those thousands of people think. Do you think that the average moviegoer, if they see in two, in, if in two months they see a trailer for a drama starring Will Smith, that they will recoil? That's a good question. Uh, I I think, Recoil, probably not. Want to support him? I'm not quite sure. Uh, this movie is on Apple, so it's not going to be in theaters. But if I were opening Men in Black 3 or uh, one of his big franchise films, I certainly wouldn't want to bet $200 million on people showing up opening weekend for a Will Smith movie. Like, how important is this movie for Apple? It's it's important in that Apple just won the Oscar for Best Picture and would obviously like to have at least one contender for for this upcoming year. I'm not expert enough in in exactly what they have coming to know if there's some other that would fill the hole. I know that you know the Martin Scorsese movie that people had high ups for is not coming out until next year. There's not sort of a a, a slam dunk Oscar contender for this and the year. movie they bought at Sundance, Cha Cha Real Smooth, got good reviews, but not the kind of reviews that. Coda got and doesn't seem like it's that run the table type awards movie. But if coming off their first win, you know, winning Best Picture in their second or third year of competing, if they basically sat this year out, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world knowing that they have some big titles coming. Um, I just don't see the point in in holding it anymore. Yeah, I, I think awards are super important to Apple. I mean, the fact that they got 52 Emmy nominations this year was something that Tim Cook has talked about Tim Cook and Eddie Q. I saw them at the Oscars this last year and they were, you know, laughing it up and almost like they had crashed the party and and come out the big winners, which they had. So I think, you know, they don't release viewership numbers for Apple TV Plus. So we are left with these markers from independent third parties, which are incomplete as to who's actually watching Apple. And we're left with critical accolades and awards. And if they can get a giant movie into awards contention, that's a great narrative for that service. It's also just something that people would watch in the second half of the year. They You need people to continue cycling in. One of the challenges for Apple is that because they've taken this more boutique approach, they don't ever have more than like one or two shows going at a given time that have gotten much attention. Um, and so they need some kind of movie to draw people in at least once a month. Even if it's Will, even if it comes with the media storm around Will Smith doing press for the movie. Well, that's the tricky part because Apple is probably the most image conscious of any of these companies, but they're going to have to deal with it sooner sooner or later. So it's just a question of when they want to deal with it or what their their PR approach is to, to handling it. Sure. On this idea of punishment, I just don't think that Matt from 
what you've been saying, I don't know that you'll really be satisfied because I don't know that Will Smith really wants to be contrite in a way. So like, could there be anything worse for a mega superstar who's been very calculated for about their career for the last 30 years than being shunned by his community of, of like his professional community and definitely losing out on money? Like, I, I, I think that even if there's not like a public display of, of um, apology, like, Will Smith is definitely hurt by this. Like, look at this conversation. I mean, oh, you know, absolutely. It's, it's, it's irreparable. Like, I actually think just in terms of like damage done, like it's it's definitely really bad. And I I think that like I, I, again, like I I'm not particularly mad at Will Smith. I of course agree that you shouldn't slap someone, and you should you are an adult. You should exert self control and use your words and not your hands. But uh, there's just like you know the damage is done, and he's clear. He's you know he already knew he was a really. Um, the complicated figure. And so this is only going to contribute to it further. There's definitely been business damage. And if you talk to people at his company, which just got a huge investment from Candle Media, which is backed by Blackstone, the private equity group, I mean, they're at a standstill. Nobody will work with him right now. But that also gets to the question of why he's doing this now and what the motivations are. Is he actually apologetic or is he scrambling to salvage? Well, he was wearing his Westbrook hat in the video. So I'm going to go <laughs> scrambling to salvage. <laughs> Always on brand. And nobody's, I mean, you know, and nobody's hiring him and all the projects that he was attached to are, are sort of in limbo right now. So he is kind of this persona non grata. And I don't think this video does anything to change that. I think the best thing he can do right now is film himself day in and day out, as we know celebrities do. And eventually the footage will be really valuable and we'll all be interested in that documentary of like what he's been doing for the last few months. It's really cynical, but it's true. Like, won't you want to watch that in a few years? I, I even watched Halftime with J-Lo, so... I don't know. I mean, it depends what he's doing. I mean, is he going to the alleged <laughs> Scientology school? Of course you would watch this. You're yeah. lying. <laughs> Netflix would pay $25 million for that in a second. Yeah. yeah, they'd air it back to back with the Chris Rock comedy special addressing the slap. Yeah, that that's a great double feature. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that there's not really an answer for Will Smith. Like, I think also... His video, while he tried to be, you know, try to present this like contrite um, character, by the end, he was descending into the same cynicism that's grasped this podcast where he was like, you'll forget, we'll be friends again. It's almost like, you know, he's waiting it out and taunting all of us because he's probably right. I, I agree with him that he is right. I just don't think that that has happened after four months. I think if he went away and didn't do this for eight, 10, 12 months, it would be a different thing, but but this is Hollywood. He's got a business to run, and in his mind, he doesn't feel like he can do that. My question is: He, do you think that when he looks at that Oscar on his mantle, he has a good feeling or a bad feeling? Good. Yeah, mixed, but but net positive. <laughs> he wanted that. He wanted that statue his entire career. Right, but now it's a symbol of the worst moment of his career. Yeah, but given given what I, I've you know, having read his his autobiography as many people did, I feel like he will use this as like an opportunity to for uh, for self improvement, and he will view this as like yet another challenge to better himself. He got a little bit like touchy feely uh, in the last several years and embracing use of certain therapeutic drugs. Like I just. You know, it, it's obviously a, a stain on his reputation and will will haunt him psychologically for a while. Um, but 
I, I don't think he sees himself as some terrible person. He just sees himself as someone who needs to, you know, deal with what he did and work no, on well, it. No and, one does, but I just wonder if he thinks that the net outcome of that evening was great because he's got an Oscar, which is why he should give it back to the Academy and we would all be like, okay, that's a good guy. That's what a good guy would do. But I do. don't think that would make him feel any better. Yeah, no? and, and that wasn't your question. Like, when he looks at the Oscars, does he feel good or bad? I think he feels good, but he also can recognize that it, that evening was a fiasco. And I, I'm sure he also feels it at home. You know, whatever the status of him and Jada is, this couldn't have helped. I mean, also... I, again, I think it's really significant that they didn't use Red Table Talk to address why, this. Why do you think that's significant? Because they've established that, like, the mythology around the family is that when there's a big topic, they go to the table. And, like, that's like, the whole point of the show. And so, clearly, that's broken, too. And But that that being both the mythology and also, like, kind of what that show can accomplish if they're not going to address you know, have Will Smith back or whatever. But so, do you think that is them strategically trying to insulate the rest of the family from whatever this drama is? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, again, I think cynically, the best thing to do would be to exploit this for content. If I were them, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, what they're doing obviously isn't working. So, and I, I actually don't want to assume that the kids and Jada are involved in this. I actually, we, I have no idea, and I don't actually have a reason to believe that it's like a fa- a family effort. Well, the that's how we roll. That tweet is still up. <laughs> Listen, people support their parents. That's true. All right. On that note, uh, thank you to Lucas. Thank you to Juliet Littman. And this story will never end. <laughs> All right, we are back with the call sheet. My daily prediction. Producer Craig, are you into live golf? I, I don't I wouldn't say I'm into live golf. I, it's an interesting <laughs> storyline in, in the new in the golf world. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is the controversial offshoot of the PGA backed by the Saudi royal family, which obviously has its own uh, geopolitical problems, uh, including the murder of the journalist. Jamal Khashoggi, and a number of human rights violations, which has caused a bunch of people to boycott, stay away. Not Donald Trump, obviously. He hosted a tournament this past weekend. And there are some prominent golfers who have already signed up. The big question surrounding the Live Golf Tour is where will the television rights land? Because right now it's YouTube where you can watch it. You watch on YouTube, and they have some. They have a streaming deal with DAZN, I believe, which was uh, is John Skipper's uh, platform that um, he used to run ESPN. But they do not have a traditional television deal. And there was a Washington Post article this past weekend speculating about who might be interested in the Live Golf Tour, because again, they do have big names and they are throwing around tons of money, and usually in sports. Money talks, but there is some baggage. It is a radioactive league, and I think a lot of networks are thinking twice about this. And so my prediction is, I think this ultimately is going to go to Fox Mm. because of a number of different reasons. I mean, first of all, NBC, CBS, and ESPN's streaming services, they all have long-term deals with the PGA, and that I think is uh, is probably you know they're not going to do business with a rival. Um, I think some of these other companies like Warner Brothers Discovery, which has the 
Turner Networks, I don't think they want the headache that comes along with this golf league and golf ratings are not that high. I mean, golf is a reliable upscale audience, but it's not like you're bidding on an A-list, you know, uh, NFL package or something like that. Uh, Fox, obviously the politics of the family, the Murdochs that own the Fox Broadcasting Network, Fox Nation and Fox Sports. They lean a little bit more conservative, and Mm -hmm. in this day and age, that means you're more likely to be on board with the Saudis. Um, And also, David Hill, who was a big executive at Fox Sports in the 90s, helped Rupert Murdoch really establish the NFL. He is advising Liv now. Do you think this will be relatively cheap for Fox since there's not a ton of competition? Maybe. I think that there's there's some speculation that the league may actually chip in some money to get a TV deal. Uh, I don't, they've said that they don't want to pay for placement. I mean, obviously they could just buy their way onto a network through purchasing time, but they don't want that. They say, they say they want a traditional broadcast deal. And, you know, I think they'll probably be able to get something in this country. You know, they're in 27 markets. So around the world, they're getting pickup, they're getting carriage, but in this country, because of the tough politics and the outrages over the human rights violations, there may be some real resistance. And last thing you want as an owner of a broadcast network is to deal, do a deal with the Saudis and then everyone else boycotts you. I didn't even realize that Live Golf could pay their way onto a network. So they could pay their way onto Fox or, or Turner if they were interested. Yeah, money talks. I mean, you can buy time. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of these networks would consider it sponsored content. You know, the, they're obviously not going to get the best time, <laughs> the best the best time on those networks, but they could do some kind of a deal or maybe they contribute to it or pay for production costs or something like that. Hmm. Um, but Fox is an interesting one because Fox used to have golf. They bought the rights to the U.S. Open, but then they sold it to NBC in the middle of the deal because it wasn't working for them. Just from a ratings perspective, it was too low, so they gave up on it? Yeah, it just it, and yeah, exactly. It wasn't the Fox audience. Now, that may be different. I mean, now the TV ecosystem is such that live sports is really all that is propping up these broadcast networks, that in you know, local news and things like that. So the value proposition for having premium sports, if you can get premium golfers to participate in this league, that might be a lure, but it's going to be a tough slog. So I do think Fox will get these rights for the cheap and will air it and there'll be some protests, but ultimately Fox won't care. All right, that is the show for today. I want to thank Juliet Littman. I want to thank Lucas Shaw. And I want to thank you. We'll see you this week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.